1: podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. Today we dive into the fascinating world of hypnosis with introspective hypnosis instructor and author Antonio Sangio. Now Antonio was born in Lima, Peru and raised in the United States, his fascination for using various hypnosis techniques to help people led him to meeting the founder of introspective hypnosis, Mr. Aurelio Meja, a Colombian hypnotherapist. What makes this type of hypnosis unique is that it was created to address a client's perceived concept of demonic and negative possession or attachments so we're going to go into that in much much detail but today like I said we're going to go deep into the transformative world of releasing negative entities and perceived attachments to bring all parties back into the healing embrace of the ever-loving light so with that, Antonio, welcome to Merkava Chagra. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much, Juan. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure for me to be here. And I like the topic. I like the uh, title you, you cho- chose for, for today's uh, video. And we're using the ne- the, the name the word negative, which is what people think, even though it is not part of our list belief system when we work with our clients. That's what they perceive. That's what they come to us thinking that there's something negative attached to them. So thank you again for allowing me to share what we're going to share today.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, myself, I do hypnosis. I've been doing NLP hypnosis meditation Mm -hmm. my whole life through, um, various studies in different schools of Buddhism Mm -hmm. and, um, hypnosis is our understanding of the modern name for, uh, it practice has been going all the way back to shamanic days and even beyond that mm. so um and even the modern science um i'm actually putting this in my second book of uh, buddhist mandalas um christ mm. consciousness of a Multidimensional dimensional so just mm. for you guys out there who keep on bugging me i'm working on it so <laughs> but i'm actually putting it in there because meditation is hypnosis and hypnosis is meditation but before we get into more of that um let's Tell the audience your story for how you even got into this work in the first place.
2: Oh, wow, okay. So <laughs> it's a long story, I'll try to make it short. So first of all, I believe that we all come with a purpose, right, and, and everything that happens to us is for a reason. And all of those things that we're going to experience in life are going to lead us to our purpose if we know how to embrace those experiences. So um, I always felt the need of helping people, uh, sharing knowledge. Um, and I learned different things. I even at some point learned to read the, the Egyptian tarot, uh, the cards, in order to help people. But When I noticed the type of questions that people were asking, I was wanted to use that as therapy. And they wanted to know about the future. I was not resonating with that. I said, no, this is not what I, what I want. Um, when my mother-in-law passed, actually, let me, let me back up. My father um, used to read metaphysical books. And through him, I was listening what he was saying, all the comments he was making about the books. One of those books was Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. It's a mass read book, really interesting. And I was, I don't know, early 20s back then, or maybe 19 or 20 uh, years old. And when he mentioned the word reincarnation, to me, it made sense. I had not heard that before. Uh, I was raised Catholic. My mother is very Catholic. My father passed away already. My mother is very Catholic and I was raised raised in a Catholic school. So, um, but but anyway, the word reincarnation resonated with me and it made sense. Um, Back then I didn't like reading books. So I didn't read that book. But later in life, when my mother-in-law passed away and my, my wife brought some of her books home, that book, was there again, many lives, many masters. And it looked brand new. I don't know if my mother-in-law got to read it or maybe she, the universe may have bought it because uh, it needed to land in my hands, right? So I read that book again and said, wow, this is what I want to learn. So I started researching online. The first person I, I, I found was Aurelio Mejia, my, uh, my was actually my second teacher, but he's the first person I found. And I was watching his videos, but back then he was not teaching. Um, he was not coming to the US and my cousin told me, no, oh, there's a lady called Dolores Cannon. She has this website. She teaches uh, past life regression. So I registered with her. I studied level one and two. In level two, I learned with Alba Wyman. I met Alba Wyman, my friend and colleague. We, we do a lot of things together, even teaching classes. So that is how I started with hypnosis because of that book. And everything unfolded from there. Everything else unfolded. I started um, trying to get more tools. I felt like, okay, I learned learned uh, quantum healing hypnosis technique, and it's great. I'm really grateful to Dolores. But I felt like in my sessions, there were other things that were presenting themselves that I didn't have tools for. That is when I finally was able to train with Aurelio Mejia.
1: Now, really quick, what were some of the things that you didn't feel that that you needed more tools for? That were coming up for you because different hypnosis practitioners will attract to them certain types so what was it that you were getting that you need more tools for
2: well um so so let's talk about then qhst but even people some people might disagree with me QHST is basically past life regression. It is contacting the higher self. It's when the people bring questions, you, have, you ask questions to the higher self, Dolores Canon. used to call it the subconscious mind. It is not the subconscious mind as psychology sees it. it. It is the part of you connected to the spirit world. So that is what we learned. And she was great, it's a great method. The, the, the problem was that uh, some people were not, some people were not going to past lives. They stayed in this life. They were going to issues in this life. What do I do now? Because all that technique was around past lives. And another thing that um, made me look for more tools is the induction. In QHHT, you use one induction, which is mostly visual. And not everybody is visual. And you don't need to be visual in order to to be hypnotized. So that, turned on a spark on me and said, I need to learn more. I need to find more techniques. And with Aurelio, I learned other tools because uh, the, the name of the technique in Spanish is hypnosis introspectiva. It focuses on symptoms, on things on this life, psychosomatic symptoms, phobia, sadness, fears, whatever issues, and as you're working with your clients, they might end up, as you're looking for the root cause of whatever issue, they might end up in a past life, but it's not based on past life progression. So there are certain tools that you need to learn in order to help people through traumas, fears, uh, phobias. And, and that was, I, I, that's why I, need, I felt I needed more at that time.
1: Right, and so then you were looking for another tool to help round off your practice. So yeah, what did I'm, you find next?
2: Well, um, a friend of mine named uh, Genoveva Calleja, who also is a QHST practitioner, who also trained with Aurelio, we became friends, I invited her to my house with Aurelio, because I was able to host Aurelio for two years in a row for six days, right? That's how I learned, I invited Genoveva, we both learned from him. Um, So Genoveva said, Antonio, I I am taking the live between lives class, to the Michael Newton Institute. I was not familiar with Michael Newton. I was not familiar with the technique. I watched videos. I le- learned. I mean, I read the book, and, and I actually I recommend it for my classes, uh, for introspective hypnosis classes, because he has a really great explanation about the spirit world. So um, she said, "This is the next level. You should do it." So I follow her advice, and, and she was right. So I learned life between lives, and live between lives is basically everything that takes place in between lives. It's not therapy. We're not going to deal with sad events. We're not going to deal with traumas or phobias. We're going to use a past life as an entry point to the spirit world. But it is then when you as a soul, you learn about your eternal uh, identity. You, are, you learn about your guides, your soul groups, and the dynamic of the soul groups. You might go to the resting place. So um, selection, selection of the body you might go to the library. All these places in the spirit world, so I, I got that knowledge and I said, okay, I'm okay, I got it. Right? So I had, back then, I had three techniques, and I felt like I had enough to manage or to facilitate sessions. If anybody went to a past life, the knowledge of QHC, if anybody needed things with fear, phobia, sadness, issues from this life, in, hypnosis introspectiva, or what I call it now, introspective hypnosis, I even, I, because I made changes to it and added more things. And then, if somebody goes after their body dies in a past life and they go to the spirit world, then I have the knowledge of LBL in order mm-hmm. to navigate that session. And I thought it was gonna stop going to stop there, until a, friend, a colleague who is a psychologist in Mexico said, "You know what, Antonio? There's this guy named uh, José Luis Cabuli. He teaches. Uh, he practices a technique called TVP." In Spanish it's terapia de vidas pasadas, which is past life therapy, it's a translation. And he's gonna do a workshop here in Mexico. Why don't, you, why don't we go there? And I said, okay, I went there and I was amazed on what I saw because he was not using inductions uh, and people were going into a trance and they were having profound experiences. And he was, um, he was helping them release those traumas because he, he, his technique is based on soul entrapment, soul fragmentation, Understanding that the soul doesn't, doesn't understand time, that everything is happening now, that part of our energy is trapped in experiences, in what we call past lives, even though everything is happening now, and that's what we feel the symptom now. So his point of view is that um, we, need to make, we need to help our clients make conscious what is unconscious to them, because they already have the symptom. Mm-hmm. If you already have the symptom, you don't need to travel in time and space. There's no regression. You already have it. Whatever you think is the past, you have it with you. We just need to help our clients make that available. So I learned that technique from him. And oh, my God. So now I have a, a, a lot of tools. And then I have, as I said, I, can, I have the tools to manage this, the, the map of the soul, past life, present life, in between lives, and soul entrapping and, and fragmentation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I, I I recognize the the concept behind soul entrapment fragmentation, I like think you said, by Dr. Um Jose Luis Caboli. Mm-hmm. Um you know, in that he's 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 saying that we already experience the symptoms now, regardless of which point in past, present time whatever different lifetimes, yes, future, yes. etc. We are all of our souls, all of our experiences are connected and happening at the same time. So we're experiencing yes. that. That's very right. fifth dimension. That's a very fifth dimensional way it's of quantum seeing. Time. Yeah. Yes, it's quantum sum. Yes. It's a very higher higher dimensional awareness. Mm-hmm. But um I, I want to add a little bit more about that. But all of this brought you to your book that you recently published, which is My Soul's Purpose. So yes. um in doing all this work, what is the purpose of your soul?
2: uh well uh, i need to refer to my book by the way well you have it on on the screen but this is my book my sole purpose um it's right here and this is the back and it's there's around. also a
1: spanish version as well
2: el proposito de mi alma is in spanish and um it's being translated to french now somebody uh, that took the class you know i don't consider them my students my friends and colleagues um she volunteered to translate it to french It's being tran- translated to french now
1: Wow, that's amazing.
2: So yeah, so I wanted to um, transmit a message. So I didn't want to make it about my life only because it's not that interesting. You know, And that's ego anyway. So I said, okay, let me share a little bit of my path um, and how I got to hypnosis. At the same time, I'm sharing concepts of spirituality. I am sharing cases to back up the information and the concepts I'm providing. Um, What else? Basically, I want to motivate people that is in, in this path, or whatever path, or people that are in the victim role, to snap out of that victim role because it's not going to take you anywhere. I, I tell in my book, my experience with uh, with my father and through my father, and how I was able to close the cycle with him uh, by the time he passed away recently, in, this year, um, in, in June this year. So. It's kind of a retrospection understanding that, that now that I understand my purpose is number one sharing the knowledge uh, share people to help incarnated and disincarnate souls because we're also helping lost souls. people call them negative energies they are not negative energy energies they are lost souls, and they need help. We are part of the team that is what, because they don 't see the light that 's the thing they don 't see the light so their guides and light beings, they cannot help because they don't see the light. So we're doing it from here, from down here, from the third dimension, we help them see the light. And once they see the light, you have the other part of the team working on the spirit world that take over and keep helping them. So to me, that's my purpose, helping uh, souls, helping incarnated souls, my clients, and uh, helping uh, disembodied souls, uh, attachments or some spirits that manifest during the sessions. That is what I consider my, my purpose.
1: Right, right. So you don't really just stop at the physical body of your client. You also talk to and try to help the soul that is non-physical. Right. Be- that maybe hanging around like somebody's yeah. um, deceased loved one that just hasn't gone cross, crossed over and is kind of hanging around for some reason.
2: Yeah. So th- think about it we are we are a spirit having a human experience right Mm -hmm. so this body is temporary but the soul never dies for the soul life is only one with experiences in different bodies Mm -hmm. so this soul remembers whatever happened in previous bodies the traumas uh, the soul entrapment or whatever and we bring it to this one that's what we're feeling the all this now Mm -hmm. so in my sessions i don't focus on the mind that is the difference with introspective hypnosis at least the way i practice it I focus on the soul because the soul has all the answers because the soul knows where everything started, you know, and the same thing as lost souls. Since they didn't go to the light, they keep the same personality. They keep the same belief system. Some of them might not go thinking that they will be sent to hell, that they're going to be punished because they are still in this physical plane, even though they, are, they don't have a body.
1: Mm-hmm. Do they know that um, they're dead?
2: Some of time, sometimes they don't. I'm the sometimes one that has to give the news to them.
1: Oh, and what, it, what happens when, when you find they, they find out through you, through the session, that well they're not alive anymore? What, what typically first, happens?
2: First, we're going to argue with you. I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm talking to you. Yes, oh. I'm sure. Your soul never dies. You're talking to me. But what was the last time you have a body? Go to that moment. And let's say it's a man. Okay. And you're talking to me through my client who is a woman. You understand that this is a body that doesn't belong to you and at that time it's like so what do i do now right so we need to help them depending on the type of death they had mm. sometimes they are not aware based on the way they die they also blame themselves they all, they also entrap themselves and not going to the light because they, they don't see, they think they're be guilty worthy or because they have enemies and they want to look revenge or they're still attached to material things or the house or the money, right? For many, they want to take care of the wife or they want to wait for the wife to cross over or the husband or they want to take care of the kids. So for many, many reasons, they decide, some of them decide not going to the light. Some of them are not aware that their body died. Some are just really want to cause problems. Um, If you had an issue with them in this life or a previous life, they will look for you and cause issues.
1: Well, now question with these um, these disembodied spirits that, you know, these souls that don't have a body anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're talking to them, do they have recall of their previous lives or they're just recalling the current past, the one that they just, you know, lived through? Do they most, get instant recall of everything else?
2: Well, uh, not immediately. Some do, but most of the time they are confused. <laughs> And most of the time they have some kind of amnesia. This is what I was understanding from my sessions because I I was asking them questions. So when you had a body, were you a man or a woman? I don't remember. I'm going to come from five to one. I want you to go to the last moment you had a body and tell me what is happening. And they start telling me about what is happening, basically their death or agony. It is then that they remember they were a man, they were a woman. I didn't know what was the cause of this, but then I found it in the books of the spirits written by Alan Kardec. If mm-hmm. you search about, um, there's, there's certain, certain things about possession and talks about spirits. It tells you that once the spirit leaves, depending on how they died and their, 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 their evolution, some of them get confused and they stay in that state for some time. So some of them, this is the ones that attach to clients from, for many reasons. And um, they manifest themselves when they're in a session. Why? Because the client is in a trance. When a client is in a trance, they are kind of in the body, but at the same time, they have access to a more subtle um, dimension. Right. And they, they get to see and feel more.
1: Right, now question for you about these, um... When you come across these in your hypnosis sessions through the client, I mean, obviously the client has come to you because they feel like there's something wrong with, there feels like they, there's like another entity or there's something wrong or, or something that brings them over to thinking that they have some kind of attachment or some kind of kind okay. of haunting um, energy around them. And you, you come across these, why did they not go to the light when they die? Did they not see it? I mean, why is it not consistent?
2: Okay, well, so let's see. First of all, uh, those people that come to me saying, I think I have an attachment, most of the time they don't have any. And why is that? They they have been told by a psychic. Oh, I've been told by a psychic that I have such and such attachment. Or I've I've been to this space and I've been told this. And we didn't find anything during the session. You know, And, and sometimes they get upset. You don't know what you're doing. I was told that... So yeah, I'm I'm not doing it. You're in a trance, and you're you're supposed to feel it. You're supposed to experience whatever you think you're experiencing. So, um,
1: so do you people, think that people like that who um, who, for whatever reason, whether they come to their conclusion that they have a quote-unquote quote, attachment, or they heard it through a psychic, or whoever, do they kind of like? Um, it's kind of like those people who think they're going to be in a car accident, and so they kind of manifest it. They keep thinking and thinking, and then it happens. Do they think themselves into thinking that this this is happening, and so then? Well, we
2: everything is suggestions, right? Your mind can make you sick. Your mind can heal you. So if 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 I'm telling you if if you come to me and I'm a let's say I'm psychic, and I tell you, wait, yes, you have one one spirit here, and this spirit knows you from this this life and this doing this this to you. As you leave my office, what are you going to feel? You're going to be paranoid. Everything that happens to you, you're going to blame it on the attachment, right? right. So so I, I find it very respons- irresponsible when a psyche tells this to a person and they lead, their, that they let the person leave their office without even dealing with attachment. If you're so good to see attachments, why don't you help the attachment attach right. to the client? Why is that? Why is right? that? Because
1: I have come across some of those clients as well and and then we address it but this is a common thing that i have heard that you know they go to a 10 dollar psychic or a 40 dollar yeah. medium or whatever you know just for entertainment and then they get this and then like why is this a marketing thing well we're going to drop this I, and then I you're going to keep coming back for for more sessions i mean what is the strategy behind dropping something negative and then letting them leave with that thought like you actually cause yeah. harm by letting them believe and leave with something exactly. negative exactly they, they don't
2: they don't process. deal with it they tell you you have it you might you might not they tell you you have it and let's say that you're you real psychic and you see somebody atta- the spirit attached then do something about it don't let your client go out thinking mm-hmm. that because that client is going to go into a search looking for people to get rid of that attachment for them and yeah. it's, it's, it's sad when when that happens so those that come to me saying, I've been told I have an attachment, forget it. Most of the time, there's nothing. Yeah. The attachments I find is because people come feeling symptoms. They don't understand what the symptoms are coming from. Maybe they went to the doctor and the doctor told them, You're totally fine. You're not supposed to be feeling this. Or, or, mm-hmm. or um, like somebody I had that, that called me one day, she, she found me on, on, doing a Google search. I need to come to see you, I feel like I'm choking. I, I'm afraid my, my, my husband is gonna find me dead one day with my kid here, I cannot breathe. So when she came for a session and we started working on the session, she, we started working on sad memories. She went to a memory when she was a young girl. This woman was in her forties already. She went to a time where she was a teenager um, selling, um, I think, tacos or something on the street with her mom and she started choking. While in a trance, <coughs> she started doing this, right? Mm. She said, I'm choking. I said, Here or there? There, okay. And does this normally happen to you when I eat? When, when, when you're there? Yes, okay. So we started following that symptom, and she went into what was supposed to be a past life. I started navigating it and see what's a past life. But at the end, I noticed that after leaving the body, the spirit didn't go to the light. And then I remember that the first scene of that past life, she was telling me, I see people running, I see smoke, I see horses running, but they don't see me, right? She was already, she got to the moment where she was already out of the body, but I took her back, 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 and we right. found the story. So it wasn't, a, so the symptom of not being able to breathe was not from her, was from this woman that died suffocated in a fire, in a town, right. a town burned.
1: Right, and this woman f- somehow attached to this, your client?
2: Right, and my client started feeling what she was feeling: feeling mm-hmm. afraid, feeling she was going to die, feeling she's not able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And, and but she came because she had the symptoms. She didn't come. I mean, she um she didn't come saying, "I think I have an attachment. I cannot breathe." So most of the time, they are not aware of this. They just come mm-hmm. because they are not feeling mm-hmm. well. Now, I've been contacted recently by a lady saying, uh, "Antonio, I need to contact you. I think I have an attachment." Uh, and this started when I started using the Ouija board, doing experiments with a friend with a Ouija board in my house. So, okay, I replied saying, okay, what are, okay. What are the symptoms? What do you think? Why do you think it's an attachment? Mm-hmm. And she gave me all the symptoms. Oh, okay, it makes sense. So she booked a session and she was supposed to see that next week. But um, the reasons why spirits don't go to the light, number one, they want to stay with their loved ones. Or number two. What if their
1: loved ones passed on? Do they still stay? Because sometimes they all have gone, but they're still hanging around for what reason?
2: They don't see the light. Once you once you decide to stay, you don't see the light. It closes. That's off. the thing. Yeah, it closes that's out. that's the okay. thing. So um, some don't realize their body died because of maybe because of the way their body died. Drug overdose in an operating room under anesthesia, Mm -hmm. right? You're alive one moment, dead on the next moment. When you wake up, you're already in another dimension. People don't see me, people cannot hear me, right? Right, Or uh, let's say you were, we're gonna call a bad person and and you raped a lot of people, let's let's put it that way. By the time you die and as you realize what you have done, you say, I don't deserve to be forgiven. Or I said I don't want to go up there because they're gonna send me to hell, gonna be punished. And they decide to stay. We have free will up there, down here, and out well, of the how body. long?
1: Can, how long can they hang around? I mean, eons? Or There's, does their their soul group on the other side? Because everybody's spirit, angel, spirit guides and angels, whatever. Did if they if the light closes in on them and they decide not to go in after their death for whatever reason, w- it closes. Does that close? everybody on the other side off to them?
2: Well, they, they, they just that confusion does not allow them to see the light. It's not that the light really close, closes off, but mm-hmm. they don't see the light, okay? Um, mm. But the soul doesn't understand time. So For us, it could be years and years and years. For them, it just happened. Oh,
1: yes, that's you true, see? that's true. Mm-hmm. Right,
2: I had a, I had a uh, when I started with QHST, I, I always tried to keep myself busy practicing. So I was inviting friends for sessions. And my friend went to what it was supposed to be a past life in the Wild West. But then we realized that it was a man that was killed and he attached to him.
1: And why do they it attach was, to certain people? I mean, there's a lot of people walking around. Why, why, why do they pick the well, people that they pick to attach to?
2: Maybe because they resonate with the issues they have. They resonate with their uh. habits, their addictions. Um, there's, Are they reading not, the aura
1: field of the person? Ah,
2: the, our aura has all that information. It does. Right?
1: It does. And the oh corner gosh, of the aura doing. as well.
2: So, um, what, what is it that I wanted to say? They don't, they don't, I, I, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to tell you.
1: It's I'm okay. It'll come, it'll come back to you. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. But, well, it'll come back to you. Now, in mm-hmm. Buddhism, since we're, we're going right into discussing um, attachments and negative. Neg- energy in buddhism we know that there is no hell mm-hmm. uh and that and that there is no satan because one in buddhism um the concept of hell was a fabrication of the early catholic nothing against catholic church but the early early catholic church misunderstandings of an out of control ego like the the angel and the the devil on your shoulder the mm-hmm. the, the, the mischievous devil is the um, concept of the e of the ego that everybody has, and it's a child and it's naive and it needs to be trained, but early Catholicism, when they created and fabricated Yeshua's, or uh, in the West you would call Jesus, Yeshua's story for. their purposes they came up with the concept of hell um, and they just used common superstitions to create that it is in our scrolls it is in our philosophies we have the full records of Esau or Yeshua and him and Miriam and all that however the also the concept of Satan is based off of an old Sumerian folklore about a reptile looking humanoid that gave Um, Eve information and you can look at old Sumerian records and there's actually a character called Satan so these are fabrications but um, aside from that so we know that it doesn't exist but over time it has perpetuated and has become part of the understanding that so many religions and worldwide and people are not aware that their consciousness creates their reality. Their consciousness sure. creates the things in their lives and what they focus on and believe in um, factors into how they create their lives. So a lot of people are creating their fears and it's manifesting. And mm-hmm. so um, even though it's not necessarily real. So what do you say to people who, who tell you that um, what you do is witchcraft and demon summoning?
2: What I do in my sessions,
1: mm-hmm. I
2: lost friends because of that. I lost, who, well, especially one, one that I consider a really good friend because he says, you're practicing occultism. You're speaking to spirits. You know, your house feels different. My house didn't feel different. It's, it's his idea of spirits and, and, and religion. So, yeah, I, I, I was told that even my mom was concerned when I started practicing hypnosis. What are you getting yourself into? Now she understands see, so I tell them that uh, there's no hell, there's, there's no evil. I don't, I don't believe in evil. I don't believe in negative energies. Um, there are souls more evolved than others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so there are souls that need help. They are not developed. And sometimes they will, they will use special effects uh, as I communicate with them because they don't want to deal with whatever they have to deal so what kind
1: of special effects do you typically see oh, on these young growling. souls who are like, I'm, um, I'm a negative entity or I'm the devil or I'm yeah, whatever. Yeah. So when you go into conversations with that character and you go way, way back, what's the original story?
2: Well, well, so, so, so first of all, they have information. Being, they, they being out of the body, they have information. They might, might have information about us. Actually, the, our aura has a lot of information. Mm-hmm. As soon as they detect that we're afraid, they're going to start messing with us. I'm Satan. I'm going to change the voice. and Don't react to it. I just keep talking to them like nothing happens. And then they realize, sometimes they start crying and they realize and need help. And we take them back to the moment their body died to understand what happened to them. You know, why is it that in that that the process of dying, what moment is it that you didn't see the light or you thought about something or you said something or your belief system made you not to see the light or somebody that was coming for you to understand? Maybe you kill somebody and you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you need to be forgiven.
1: Is it like a escapism kind of thing that some of these souls um, kind of go into playing the um, the. The, the demon or whatever character that they want to play yeah. is it kind of like, if, like an escapism if they know the you're afraid
2: of what... if they know you're afraid of demons they're going to use that okay so so i had i had a couple i don't know yeah, how many yeah tell us of a case
1: the, tell us your most interesting case of quote quote possession or whatever
2: go ahead few and by the way yeah the word possession for example possession does not exist there's no displacement of the soul. And it's in this in this, uh, Books of the Spirits by Alan Kardec, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they attach to your energy or vibrational feel or your aura. And through that, they interfere with your thoughts. They make you feel whatever they felt or their addictions, sometimes uh, on purpose and sometimes with even realizing they're doing that to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, cases, for example, cases with attachments, the very mm-hmm. first time well, let, let's back up a little bit. When I trained with Aurelio and uh, when he posted on his website that he was coming to Charlotte uh, to facilitate sessions, uh, a lot of people booked sessions. So in six days, we facilitated. I mean, he facilitated as he was training us 38 sessions. We were doing six sessions a day.
1: Exhausting.
2: Oh, my God. I, I, oh. After the first day, I was—I was I was... Asking myself, what did I get myself into? <laughs> no.
1: did, you, did you even have a bath and break between sessions, Antonio? A quick, I mean- quick,
2: quick lunch, quick lunch, and then we continued. So we were starting like at 8.30 in the morning, finishing like 11, 11.30 at night. By the second day, I was feeling better, and but I learned a lot from that. And now what I facilitate is maybe most, the most two sessions. If I travel, maybe three, but that's the most, right? So I learned from him how to do this. And once he left the following weekend, people started contacting me already because he put on his website and whenever he was uploading his videos, here's Antonio Sanjo, he's in Charlotte. So people started contacting me. So a week later after he left, uh, it was my first encounter with an attachment just by myself, actually three of them at the same time attached to a woman. And this is in my channel. If you go to my YouTube channel, you can search by Antonio Sanjo on YouTube. Session number 10, or search Antonio Sanjo 010 or 10. It is there. It's a woman named um, Elsa. And as I was working with her, all of a sudden, she started feeling pain, in pain on her right foot. Okay. The pain that was not there before the session, she was not limp. She didn't mention any of this during the interview. That pain manifested itself. Knowing what I knew already by training with Aurelio, I suspected that was a spirit manifesting itself, because that's what happens. Sometimes they manifest with pain, pressure, headaches, uh, marks that appear on the body. So I, you go fishing. okay, I'm going to take that pain from your foot, I'm going to take it to your mind, lend your mind and your lips to this pain so I can communicate with it. Three, two, one. <clears throat> and it's like going fishing. Okay, brother or sister. <clears throat> how long have you been there? How long have you been there been there for? for a long time or a short time? And you wait. And then they start replying for a long time. Oh, thank you for the communication. And when you had a body, were you a man or a woman? So to make the long story short, <coughs> excuse me, made a long story short, this spirit, um, as he started communicating with me, he gave me his name. And he asked me to call my client's aunt who was waiting outside. I need to talk to, and you you see it the video, I need to talk to Blanca. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay, let me call Blanca. So I open the door, call Blanca, Blanca, can you come here for a moment, please? She came, I explained the situation to her. We have a spirit that wants to communicate with you. Okay, so the spirit started communicating with her. Are you Blanca? Yes, I am. I wanted to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And again, to make a long story short, this spirit was Blanca's husband in a past life. Blanca obviously was not conscious about this. She's in a different body. And basically, he was telling Blanca, I didn't abandon you. I was killed. I didn't abandon you and the kids. Because the spirit was explaining to me that she thought that maybe in all times, right, that, that Blanca in a different body thought that this man, Cesar, had abandoned her and the kids because he never returned. said, I, I didn't abandon you, I loved you very much, I was killed, please forgive me. Blanca didn't know, didn't understand what was going on, so I said, just, just continue, you know, as, as if you understood, yeah, don't worry, it's okay, I forgive you. And once he communicated that message, he went to the light. Then there was another woman, there was a the spirit of a, <coughs> of a woman, that had attached to the client at a wake. When I asked this uh, spirit, whose wake? She said, my wake, (coughs) excuse me. My wake, and I need to take some water, if if you don't mind.
1: Oh yeah, go ahead.
2: Okay, one second. Go. When I was asking this woman whose wake was it, she said my wake. So this woman, my client, when I was very young, She was taken to a wake, this woman's wake, and she attached to her. Okay. When I asked her, why is it that you did it? Because she was going, she was experiencing through her mother what I experienced with mine. Basically, that was the story. And then the third spirit was a spirit of a man uh, whose name was Raul. And Raul had um, molested or raped this, this, my, my client. I'm not saying it this way because it is there on YouTube, I'm grateful to my client that allowed to share that session. Um, Rate her when, when she was a little girl, because <clears throat> my client's mother, Raul's friend, uh, boy, um, girlfriend at that time, asked him to do it. <clears throat> so he wanted to apologize. Okay, so those three were there and my client didn't want to forgive the spirit. She said no. So I said, okay, I'm going to come from three to one. I want you to go back to a life. Let's see if you guys knew each other before. Three, two, one. He said, yes, his name is Raul. I am his uh, wife, and I cheated on him. What kind of cheating? I left him for another man, you know? So every victim has been a victimizer before, just as always.
1: Right, right. So in the case of your client who the third um, attachment, soul attachment was. They was a man who had attached, who had raped her in um, this life. In this they life, they had they had switched roles in a previous life.
2: Right, because you, you you switch roles, right? in this right. in one one life you're gonna be the victim, you're gonna be the victimizer. That they're going to switch, but they follow you from life to life.
1: Yeah, our, yeah. Our
2: soul is energy frequency. We have a signature. It's like a computer. Uh huh how is it that we i can find your phone over the internet because because of the ip address right every device right. connected to the internet has an ip address right the soul is the same
1: right that's only true in buddhism everybody has a unique we call it a unique um, energy signature or a unique frequency yeah. or mandala but um in the spirit world can can see that oh this is so and so whatever but th- what was interesting in the in these cases is that um you know, typically when you're doing past life or any or any kind of hypnosis regression, the the soul group is incarnating at the same time. But in these cases, they did not come through not at the always. same time.
2: Yeah, 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 not always. And we don't know if they're part of the same soul group. Maybe it's just a contract to learn a specific lesson. Learn so, what do I like wait
1: until the, the, that person reincarnates again and then go? Oh, they're back.
2: Well, what What happened is that Raul got lost. I mean, Raul. St- Stay back because this case. Raul stayed stay back because of this remorse that he, he had done this to this when she this to this woman when she was a little girl, and mm-hmm. he wanted he wanted forgiveness, right? So in, in order for my client to understand about forgiveness, she went to a past life when she understood she had done something to him.
1: Right, so she, she wants to forgive herself. now, right? Yeah, yeah. You
2: know, and the case of Caesar is the same sense Caesar, the spirit of Caesar followed my client's aunt which is who's blanca mm-hmm. to deliver a message so he he waited until she reincarnated and he attached to her knees in order to give her a message interesting so kind
1: of hanging around this absolutely plane. yes and
2: absolutely did he
1: they did they know that they're going to reincarnate again or did they just kind of hang around because of, of their own pity party and then this just happened but, well, to the, reincarnate they, again
2: they are in this during this confusion all they know is they are looking for because they they, they don 't understand about bodies now right at that moment they don 't understand about bodies they, they understand about energies they 're looking for the energy of the person who was his wife, and that 's how she found her yeah now, but that, i to, found
1: what, what I find interesting is that these people in body not in body happen to continue to uh incarnate or hang around the same area and then they incarnate back in the same area i mean it's not like she also incarnate in asia what, and then here he's hanging out in south america what,
2: what happened that is that for the soul there's no time there's no space there's no geography That's
1: true. That's true.
2: everything is here now you know and um so I, that was that was a challenging session and people can watch it is there
1: it but i happened to
2: see that woman a month and a half later. Actually, her aunt came back the following week and gave her testimonial, which is there as well. It's recorded on my YouTube channel. I saw this woman a month and a half later. And they had to tell me it, it was her because I didn't recognize her. She was different, completely different. Her life changed, you know, and it was because this, she didn't have these uh, attached spirits interfering with her life.
1: Right, right. Now, um, yeah, see, that's, that's, that's amazing work. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no worries that that's amazing, amazing work. And the thing is, Thank is you. that what I find uh, the type of people that go into this work, <clears throat> oftentimes what I find when people go into this type of work um, in whatever hypnosis modality or any kind of modality gets them into working into, into like uh, soul work is mm-hmm. that Um, they may come into it because of curiosity, but then they start getting these challenging um, cases and that pretty much ends it for them. They're like, "Uh, I just came across my first, I don't know, this one scares me. I'm done. It
2: it, it is true. It is true. So, and I was, I had a a, a live streaming with Alba Wyman uh, today and we were talking exactly about that. A lot of people registered for this class, not only my class, let's say QHHT, and they register because of the books, because of what they heard about the Dolores canon, and they're curious, and maybe they have the intention to do it, mm-hmm. but they realize in the way that there's this a lot of, there's a commitment, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of practice, there's a learning curve, it takes time, and you, a lot of us, and that's the, when I started, I was still working a full-time job, right. and I was doing my sessions after hours, my classes on the weekends, on vacation weeks, So um, they start finding all these difficult cases where they either get scared, they get discouraged, or this is not for me, this is too much work. Some people are focusing only on the money, which I don't recommend. If you're going to do this type of, of hypnosis, don't focus on the money because it's not going to work. So they're worrying about making the money. They're worrying about getting the income. So it's not worth it. The amount of effort I'm putting here, I'm just having just a couple of sessions a month. So a lot of people quit in the way. This is mm. not for everybody. And I was told that by spirits. I was told not everybody's born to do this.
1: What did the spirits say about this the 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 this type of work and the you know the people that do it? what is it is there like a blueprint for um this type of work?
2: Um so it's not for
1: the faint of heart, I'll tell you that.
2: N- <laughs> no, you need to you, you really need to be committed to this you need to feel like you want to be at service of other souls right incarnated souls and disincarnated souls so this is why when i started teaching the technique i i set my the intention to the universe i want to attract these kind of people that come to learn this class because i consider introspective hypnosis a sacred technique because we're helping a soul or overcome issues. We're helping a soul learn about forgiveness. We're helping a soul understand that staying in the victim role is not gonna do anything for them. To embrace whatever experience they're facing because their soul planned all these lessons before incarnating. What is it that your soul thought they needed to, needed to learn for whatever you're experiencing,
0: right. you know?
2: So it's, and so far so good, I mean, we have a Facebook group and we have a mentoring group and the energy among the people to the class is the same. And and I'm really grateful to the universe for that.
1: Right. And it's global too, because of the power of the internet, you can learn online as well as in person. And you can also facilitate wonderful sessions um, online as well as in person as well. So um, not being in person is not, is no longer a setback for um, this type of work. And, The thing that I find interesting as well is, um, you know, when people get over the fear of hell and demons, okay, and they've come to terms like, okay, I I get where they originated from. um, But they're still scared of actually like, it's almost like some people are really scared of looking in the mirror, because they don't want to see what's underneath. They don't want to deal with um, their internal childhood traumas or their well, um, struggles with things. What do you say to clients who, um, who, who are challenged with, with that? Well,
2: thank you for the question and let's think about what COVID is doing for us. Okay. Be- besides being a virus that is killing people and is putting everybody home, we're spending more time with the family. If you're quarantined, you're not able to leave your house. You're staying with your wife, with your husband, your partner, mm-hmm. for a lot of hours without being, being able to go anywhere. You're not able to go to the gym. You sometimes, m- sometimes you might not even have to go to the office. So the same way an, an addict uses whatever addiction as a distractor of the mind not to deal with a repressed emotion, some of us use... The uh, day-to-day, day-to-day, the daily routine right. to keep ourselves occupied, to keep ourselves busy, in order not to deal with what we have to deal. Mm-hmm. But once you're forced to stay home, if you don't like to be alone, you need to face that. If you have issues with your partner, they start, they're gonna go to the, these issues will surface, right? And this is, I thought I was gonna be dead uh, without that many sessions during this time. Is the opposite.
1: Oh my God, I'm getting it's just, a lot it's of crazy sessions. yeah I'm it's so crazy. busy this year 2020 has been the craziest yeah. busy year for me. I, it's nonstop. Right it's nonstop.
2: so so I people <clears throat> so I tell people if you have a trauma or you have this issue, part of you is trapped in that experience. <clears throat> if, you have, if you had this issue when you were five years old, part of you is still five years old and is trapped in this experience.
1: In that part if, of, in that space, in space. In, in that, that space. Part of space. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's
2: happening now. It's five years. It's, it's the past, if you think of linear time. But in quantum time, it's happening now. There is a part of you that is five years old that is reliving right. this experience over and over and over. And this right. is why whenever you face a similar situation, <laughs> you're triggered. So you can close your eyes. You can pretend this is not happening. You can postpone this, but it will still be there. Right. Wouldn't yeah, you like to go... Level. Mm-hmm. yes wouldn't you like to go and free this part of you that might be scared that doesn't understand what is happening that is still five years old that doesn't have this knowledge that you have now wouldn't you like to do that so i i would talk to them that way you see to go and rescue that child and it's, it's actually allowing them to go to that memory help them relieve that memory being aware allowing them to be aware of what not took place because everything is happening now what is taking place place at the physical mental and emotional level
1: right what is it that the
2: body is feeling so so they need to experience this in order to release it if there's some something that is someone that you need to be for that you need to forgive we're gonna show our clients how to forgive because when you don't forgive number one you become a victim when you become a victim you're giving your energy to someone else True. True. Um, and you're keeping energy here that is going to turn into a physical symptom later. You
1: know? That is so true. It happens. I I see this over and over again. And you know what? I wanted to um for some people who are like who may be thinking in linear, linear concepts. Okay, like, like <clears throat> I I explain this in other interviews and I explain it over and over and over again because people still really stuck in the third dimension of thinking of mm-hmm. linear. Okay. So, but in Buddhism, um, healing. The energy of healing is the energy of consciousness, the energy of the universal consciousness, that, mm-hmm. that Oversoul that resides in everything. That's the entry point for healing. So healing in the in the that unity consciousness, everything is unified. All things exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that is a fifth dimensional awareness where you see everything exactly happening at the same time mm-hmm. so in any kind of healing modality in buddhism and uh, we don't put you know boxes on any any other forms that come out as well it's, we just all call it basically healing energy mm-hmm. he- energy healing mm-hmm. um that happens in the space where you connect connect to consciousness at the same time so mm-hmm. what what these different practitioners are doing just for people who are not familiar with the concept of quantum time and energy Mm -hmm. healing is that all they're doing is facilitating the space for the client to get into that fifth dimensional awareness of everything Mm -hmm. existing now and connecting to source to facilitate their own healing Mm. and because we are all energy These are just the avatars that we are, Mm -hmm. um, and all the different modalities will continue to find this over and over again um, because these avatars change lifetime to lifetime, whether it's in Earth or another dimension or another universe or (laughs) whatever the experience that you might decide to incarnate into, um, these will change, but your energy is the the same, and so when you're... and your aura field is the same and so all the different traumas and all the different things that we put ourselves through, through they stick in our aura field and they were we carry
2: this. we carry them from body to body
1: right and they found this in acupuncture research too when they do acupuncture is that we carry it in our chakra points we carry it in a meridian our human energy field but um if you're trying to address dense issues that are lowering your frequency and you're, you see yourself as a energy being which is what uh, fifth dimensional awareness is then in order to raise your frequency you have to address those issues in your chakra fields that's lowering your frequency that's keeping mm. you pinned down and that means addressing that five-year-old little girl that is upset about something yeah. or addressing yeah. this thing that's upset about that right. or addressing this thing that's hung up so i just want to explain that to people when they're like what how are the how are these how is all this healing happening on these um so energetic levels that's what is happening so let me get to this now we're going to go into the conversation about healing Um, Mm -hmm. so in buddhism we believe that all meditation practices are a form of hypnosis Because it accesses the same gamma brain waves that tap into a fifth-dimensional awareness of energy healing, and they've done done EEG studies of meditation um, and energy healing, and it turns on the same centers. It mm-hmm. turns on the gamma brainwave frequency, which is a higher dimensional awareness where everything's more lucid, and healing happens much faster in those higher states. Mm-hmm. And so um, they've already found this in science that we're tapping into those high gamma brainwave frequencies, and in that part is where we connect to Source. And modern science has also continued to find this again and again in their research um, <clears throat> into meditation and energy healing. So. They're about the same thing. They're doing the same thing to the body. But the funny thing I find is that a lot of meditation practices, they follow this. And and tell me, um, Antonio, if this I sound familiar, because you've had a lot of different hypnosis training. Okay. Um, And I have had a lot of meditation training in different schools of Buddhism growing up (laughs) and still. So most meditation practices in all the different schools follow this. You either get some kind of script for getting into the brainwave of calm and peace and connection, okay, just kind of okay. get you kind of into that place. So there's some kind of induction script, okay. if you can call it. And then there's some kind of visualization technique. Um, and then the person to get the person into that space, once they're into that higher space in their their frequency Mm -hmm. um and then the person can either explore or if they're trying to do something Mm -hmm. and kind of uncover something there'll Mm -hmm. be somebody else like other monks will sit around in a circle monks and nuns and they'll ask the person questions and they'll document what they see in that lucid controlled dreaming that's going Mm -hmm. on they're like what are you (laughs) seeing what's the path you know they're they're trying to get instruction Mm -hmm. um that's how they that's how they found um uh, where Yeshua was going to be born in the Middle East, and other other things that they look for. So anyway, so they, they will mm-hmm. ask questions, and then maybe even, and if you if you snap out of uh, meditation on your own, that's fine, you'll be fine. But maybe even if somebody's really really into that control, lucid dreaming meditation, mm-hmm. um, they may even bring them out in a like coming out script. Okay. your chakras are you know coming back down and you're mm-hmm. you're you're slowly feeling your body and your body's coming back so they'll, they'll have the coming out script so okay um so it's because of the various ways to connect to source for guidance that we accept all forms of meditation and we mm-hmm. allow for all expressions without trying to compete with various schools of buddhism okay. so um so i i bring that Um, around because not everybody's familiar with all the different meditation techniques in buddhism but it really runs a very similar flow to hypnosis
2: yes because you enter in an altered state of consciousness or expanded state of awareness you want to call it that way
1: yeah, yeah. Now you started off, like you said, you started off as a life between lives hypnotherapist with the Newton Institute.
2: Uh, oh I no, I started with, with QHST, quantum hypnosis okay. technique, Dolores Cannon.
1: Right. Then and Aurelio
2: then, Mejia introspective hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Then LBL and T V P.
1: Yeah. Um now d- have you done BQH with Candace? N- n-
2: no, I have not. I heard really good things about it. Okay. Um, but it's is it's it's again um, they
1: follow the same kind of pattern. follow the kind
2: of same yes with with no restrictions which is which is good
1: right? right right so you 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 kind of run a lot of different forms and tools that you have but you teach introspective hypnosis what compelled you to focus on introspective hypnosis compared to all the other ones that you that you had the option to teach why introspective
2: <clears throat> because I, my focus was on symptoms. Okay, because you don't come, you don't go to a you don't go to a practitioner saying, "I have a headache," or "I have sadness." I need to I need to um, explore my past lives, right? The truth is that you need you have sadness, and, and this kind of sadness that doesn't have an ex- explanation. I don't know why I'm sad. I'm totally okay. I feel sad, or I, I have this neck pain. My doctor says everything is okay. They don't tell you, so I need to experience a past life. Um, I like introspective hypnosis because we start focusing on the now. What is affecting you now? What are the symptoms? And this is the same approach of uh, TBP, Kabulus technique, past life therapy. We focus, we focus on the now and we follow, we work around and ask questions around the symptoms, which is the threat that is going to take you to the root cause of the issue. And it could be anywhere. It could be Past life could be the time in the womb, can be during childhood uh, while you were being born or even after you died in a past life, right? There are different ways in which this can affect you. But I liked it very much because, um, again, it focuses on the now. I was able to have flexibility on... Uh, there's Even though introspective hypnosis has a structure, it is not a formula. Um, you might know the structure, your client doesn't. So you need, to, you need to adapt to the session. And that's what I liked about it. What, is, what else is it that I liked about introspective hypnosis? Um, different inductions, even though I learned two or three from Aurelio and I learned one from Dolores Cannon, I noticed that, not, I mean, as I was learning, that not everybody goes in a trance in the same way. You have some people that are, that are visual, some people are not visual, if you use a visual induction somebody that is not visual is not going to do anything, it's going to frustrate them. So um, I'm able to apply different inductions, or if I want to, I can use no inductions at all. Because as you said, as, you, as long as you close your eyes and you, you put yourself in this state of meditation and you start asking questions, little by little, you, your client starts disengaging, disconnecting, going into this expanded state of, state of awareness.
1: That's true. Um, are, are you familiar with Marissa Pierce? She's a hypnotherapist oh. and counselor. No, so no. So no. she doesn't use a, She doesn't use a script, and she teaches um, her form of um, hip, hypnosis as well. I'm and against it's very, scripts. Yeah. yeah. Mar, what's that?
2: I, I am against scripts. Against I don't scripts? use scripts. Yeah, yeah. yeah I explained yeah. to you why, but yeah, yeah. I am totally against scripts.
1: Why, um, why would you, uh, why, why not use scripts? I mean, I mean, script or no script, you're going to get, you're going to get results. But for some people, they like scripts, some well, people don't like scripts. Some people just kind of go into. Well,
2: v- very simple, right? So for example, I'm going to get my notebook here, right? So you're my client. I'm going to put you into a trance and I'm, and I'm, I'm doing this. I'm reading, right? I'm reading. Hold on. Let me, this blank page. I'm doing this and I am reading number one I am going to sound robotic maybe I, I know the script by heart okay mm. I'm going to sound robotic your client is going to notice that you're reading and your client might be thinking because I had clients saying that that came from all other all modalities all the practitioners they visited I paid this much money for a session could, could you believe this guy was reading to me Say, so, no, 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 um, they were trained that way, to do it that way, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing this. Number one, you sound robotic. Number two, your clients can get offended. Number three, and the most important one, I am doing this, I am reading this way, I'm not paying attention to what is happening to you as I am saying my induction. As I am doing an induction, I need to monitor your body to see what you're going through. You might be. You might have tears already, and you might start getting marks, or involuntary movements, I need to understand what is happening to you. But if I'm paying attention to my script and not to you, that is a big mistake. Number That's three already. Number four, um, I an induction has a life on, it, on its own, the way I mm-hmm. see it. The way I see it, it has a life on its own. So I can use whatever you do as a deepener, as I am putting you in a trance. Let's say I'm, I'm saying the induction to you, and as I'm saying the induction to you, you start doing this with your eyes. Blinking, 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 right? People do that. For some reason, the body reacts that way. And I can say that's very good because the more you blink, the more you relax. And the more you relax, the deeper you go. I am using whatever is happening. So another example, I'm saying induction and there is a, I I don't know, a firefighter track going by. by, Wow, wow, wow. And and as you hear that fire truck going away, your conscious mind goes with it And you Mm -hmm. relax even more. So I'm using whatever is happening, Mm -hmm. right, to help you go deeper into a trance. But if I'm just doing this, I cannot deviate from this. I'm not paying attention to what you're saying. You might be already in the experience. People go into a past life in the middle of an induction. Are you going to finish your script in order to address what your client is experiencing? No. You stop and they jump jump in and and start working with your client. So you need your flexibility. I, I the people that take introspective hypnosis class, I say to them, you will need to read this a few times to get familiar. You don't need to memorize, memorize, memorize it completely. Memorize the steps and make it your own and put your own words. I never say the same words twice.
1: Right, right. Now I know the do, steps. Right. Now, you do have an online course actually coming up pretty soon. Yes. Um, and you have many more that you teach. At- I think do
2: you also teach it with Alba Wyman. She's- I, I, I teach with Alba Wyman. We were normally, Alba Wyman was helping me and teaching with me, not helping me, teaching with me the, um, the live classes. That's what mm-hmm. we were doing. The in-person right, classes. COVID. Right. We, 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 started go, we started in the U.S. We went to the Netherlands. We went to New Zealand. We had a schedule. We had a schedule. Australia didn't happen, for example. So mm-hmm. everything changed with COVID. Right, right so now alba and I are doing things online from time to time, but it's mostly it's me online and so I have a class schedule on the sixteenth of the this 16th? month
1: yeah yeah, but
2: if you go to my if people go to my website uh, i listed everything for the year more or less mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um there is there is a class coming in the Netherlands in october oh, and okay. yeah that's almost that's almost i only have Two spots available on that one because is that
1: in-person class in the netherlands person class in the netherlands class, yes. oh yes. okay okay so i really hope that happens for you because that means i could go on my i could go on my cruise <laughs> oh <laughs>
2: okay well th- this class was supposed to take place last year we moved it for this year because of right. COVID. i gave right. i gave the ones that registered the chance to do it online they said no we want to do the in-person class we want right. the experience. The Samaya, which is a monastery that was turned into a convention center, is beautiful. Ooh,
1: that so, beautiful.
2: yeah, so I said, okay, so if you want to wait that, let me give you a four day online class at no cost. And then we go next year to the Netherlands. I will do the in person class. That's so beautiful. That, that I love that. Yeah, it's taking place in October. And it's another one that is going to take place in December in the Netherlands as well. We, right. we, we, it's not listed yet, but it's coming.
1: It's coming uh, guys. This, again, this work is wonderful work. It's not for the fate of hearts, but it is wonderful work and you know, if you yeah. if you if you are interested in it, go to the site. What what can people expect to learn from, you know, because most people who get into this space, like, <laughs> I I know more than a couple of modalities and I just basically facilitate whatever modality yeah. the client is in for so like if the client just wants Buddhism, I'll give just Buddhism. Mm-hmm. Okay. most of my clients are asians so and most of them want that anyways but okay. where well, they want some kind of perspective um quantum perspective from um my tradition but if they come for mm-hmm. another thing i'll, I'll facilitate that etc so but a lot of the people who are attracted to this have different tools that they use so what right. can they expect to learn with you in this this class either well, you know, online uh, or in person
2: i start with the basics i start i i start with um the story of hypnosis a little bit to understand the tools we're going to use i explained the structure of introspective hypnosis the five the six steps as i envisioned it because when i learned from aurelio he was not teaching classes i was shadowing so oh, he so didn't you say, actually oh.
1: formalized it you yes actually... so oh, okay. he started he
2: started teaching after i was already i asked him permission to teach the technique say oh call it whatever you want and make it yours is your technique anyway so um so okay, how how do I explain this? I, I need to put a I need to do it the American way, a manual and structure, step by step, uh, yeah. PowerPoint presentation, right? So, you will what
1: you will be what we call in Buddhism. You would be the student scribe.
2: Oh, okay. Now
1: <laughs> you teach and you master and. You become a well, teacher. Yeah. I'm on vacation. So
2: <laughs> so, um, so we, I, I, we, I teach about the, the, uh, the interview, how to t- do a proper interview. To have a successful session, you need a successful interview. All the things that happen in the interview, not only asking questions about their lives. There are many, many things that take place during the interview, building rapport, in, inputting suggestions. Uh, catching those phrases that your clients will say that might come from an alternate experience without they even realize detect patterns in their lives. So many, many things. Mm-hmm. And then we teach the do's and don'ts, the mistakes I made. And with Alba is with me, the mistakes we made, because we don't want people to make the same mistake. If you make mistakes, make new ones, save time. Mm-hmm. So that is the added value, the do's and don'ts. Don't do this, this didn't work. Gonna, uh, I show you about the technology. You're gonna use this type of camera. This is how you do it on Zoom. This is the type of induction that is most, mostly used on Zoom. Right. Um, help them how to. How is it that they need to build their website? Because a lot oh, of people yeah, just that's... put any kind of picture, any kind of content, free websites, and doesn't look uh, professional.
1: Right. Right. And I, I, I want to mention that as well because um, there is an aspect of business and marketing in this, and you don't have yeah. to know it all you don't have to know there's plenty of resources and affordable yeah, resources yes. and people out there who are great and making beautiful websites great at making, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to look at it uh, from the perspective of a customer. Like, would you want to book a session with this person? So that is really, really important. Um, I also want to mention something came up, and I I wanted to mention something very clearly that we talked about earlier about those psychics that were telling people, Mm -hmm. oh, you have an attachment, and then letting them go. Um, If you come across anybody Like, what is a psychic or a medium or whatever that tells you you have a negative attachment, you have a cloud over you? If they don't immediately go, let me help you with that, then you disregard what they say, yeah, because they're not there to help you. Because if they really
2: see it, they should be able to communicate with it and explain to to that to that lost soul what is happening, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. So, just want to preface that for people because uh, those types of people um they may not fully understand the damage that they unconsciously just really nilly Mm. put it out there but um but but you can at least be aware and and they really give a bad name to people who are really doing some wonderful wonderful work that is transforming um you know you transform one person's life and you transform their whole network
2: yeah and Mm. it's not that i don't believe in psych. i have friends that are psychics Mm -hmm. and and um I totally believe in psychics, but there are some people that, because everybody's intuitive now, everybody's a psychic now, everybody's a channeler now, everybody's mm-hmm. an expert, you know. And, and then they they um, market themselves social media. Um, you need to be careful, you know. Read read the uh, reviews. Ask questions. Feel the energy of that person. If you feel ego, if you detect ego from these kind of these people that are supposed to be helping your soul. Stay away from that. There should not be ego in what we do. Yeah. But it's very responsible to say to somebody, oh, you have an attachment, go find somebody to help you. You're you're the psychic. If you saw it, what is it that you can not address yeah, you it? can
1: talk. Want, you talk to it for me? Yeah, you're,
2: aren't you a psychic.
1: <laughs> talk to it for me. Figure it out. You know, yeah. you don't just you know fix it. Um, you don't just say, hey, you have a, um, a a wound, a cut right there. Let you and yes. and then yes. you go get a band aid, put it on. Yes. That's that's and, being and responsible.
2: Another big one is is a curse. Oh, this, there's a curse possible. in my family.
1: I have seen that, especially on superstitious cultures. Um, yeah. And then they and then they ring him in uh, to come in for, you know... Uh, yeah, we need
2: to, you need a cleanse and you have a curse and XYZ generations back, going back and we need, come on. You know, uh, as you said, we create our own reality. A lot of, even in spirits, even when we're out of the body, we're affected by our belief system. And if you read, I've been reading books from... Chico Xavier is a renowned medium in Brazil, he passed away years ago. He channeled, his, um, he channeled over 400 books. He never signed any of those with his, names, his name. He signed a book with the name of the spirit that dictated mm-hmm. the book. One of those spirits um, was André Luiz, and he dictated 12 books to him. In his books, André Luiz explains. About the uh, spirit world, so it gives a lot of information, and it explains how some souls don't realize that they have died or their body died. They think they're um, they're having a nightmare.
1: Mm. So, how do you spell his name for those clients out there who um, want to look up his books?
2: Uh, Chico Xavier. Chico is C H I C O, and then uh, last the, the Xavier? Name, last name is Xavier's X A V i-e-r
1: okay chico xavier right or and xavier um, yeah. if you guys will look that up
2: and the, the book actually one of them there's there's a movie that there's a movie made based on the first book dictated by the spirit of andre luis it is called no solar which means our home in portuguese uh, but in in you can find it on amazon prime i think is hmm. it's called astral city it's a beautiful movie made on, based on that book, and it, it explains the process of the soul as it leaves the body. And actually, it's his process as he left, was leaving the body. Uh, very interesting, very, very interesting.
1: Yeah. You know, um, I have so many questions, but I have a two, two last remaining questions for you. What tips sure. can people do today to address any kind of dense issues that are holding down their, their vibration? If they are not able to get a hypnosis session from you or anybody else, what can they start doing okay. today to kind of help address those things?
2: Well, uh, what is it that you're focusing on, right? Whatever puts you, puts you in, in a low vibration, say, what are you focusing on? You focus on negative things. If you're having problems at home, arguments, that makes, you, makes your vibration go down. And when you, your vibration is down, you're lowering your shield. That is your protection against Souls that might sometimes take advantage and attach to you. Avoid using anything that would put you in an altered state of consciousness without any control. Some people call it the sacred plants, the mushrooms, and, or people even that do ayahuasca, because you leave the body and you have no control. You need to wait until it wears out in order for the experience to end. In hypnosis, you're in control and you can finish it whenever you want. So, Um, if you feel down, do focus on positive things, visualize yourself surrounded by white light and do positive things, positive thinking, um, exercise, exercise is going to bring your energy up and it's your belief system. If you believe that you're okay, if you believe that your soul is powerful and you're, you're in control, nothing is going to happen to you.
1: People say, Antonio,
2: don't you get attachments? Uh, it, it is not. In, it is not. It's not part of my belief system. Do this? Do these spirits attach to you or attack you? That doesn't happen. Besides, they know I'm there to help you, not to take them away. They know I'm going to help. So it's, it's what you believe. It's your intention. Set your intention. Where is it that you want to be? How is right. it that you want to feel?
1: Right. Right. No, I, I I I completely get that. And you know the thing that the thing that I found also is that you know people. Sometimes don't want to take responsibility for the choices in their life and the things that they have created in their life and how they create it. Um, And so it's easy to, quote, quote, attach to the concept that um, the devil made me do it or a negative entity attached and all of a sudden, you know, whatever whatever these concepts are and it's a process now i know through my practice i know you know through your practice and there are a lot of cultures out there that um have the tradition or the belief that like i said earlier there is no hell there is no satan and some people will challenge that because they want so bad to be a place of punishment for bad bad people and that uh, the concept or they want that, to
2: blame somebody for what the, is happening right. to them.
1: Right. And the the concept of all there is is the light, and even the most horrible, bad person um, is healed and is counseled and is going through the life review and is worked on because mm-hmm. no soul is going to be garbaged. Okay. Right. So, and some people are really challenged with such a loving, um, system or concept of a system that even somebody like Hitler would go to heaven. They really, mm-hmm. really do not want to accept that. What do you say to people who challenge you on these things that you're saying that you're finding through your practice and that's revolutionizing people's lives?
2: That, that this is a school named called Planet Earth and that we come here to learn where students... And we come to this planet to experience something that we cannot experience in spirit form, emotions, fear, sadness, phobias, all that stuff. We come here. We can learn in suffering. I mean, we can learn in love, which is beautiful, but we can also learn in suffering. If if, I tell my clients, if you remember the most difficult moments of your life when you had saddest moments, isn't that when you learn the most? So suffering is an amplifier for learning. Now, People that do not want to take responsibility of what is happening to them because they want to blame the boss, they want to blame it because of my parents, I'm this way because of my husband, because of my wife. They don't want to take responsibility. You are taking the victim role. And if you don't take responsibility of that, the universe will take will, will present the same lesson disguised as something else, and you're going to repeat a pattern in your life. See, see it's going to come over and over and over. So... Yeah, and forgiveness. You 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 talked about Hitler, right? Hitler can go to heaven. People say you're crazy. How can you say that? Everything is about learning. What happened after the Holocaust? Didn't this create an awareness in the whole world, saying this is wrong? This is not supposed to happen. We are all the same. We cannot discriminate somebody for the religion. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I've, I've is had about I've had those clients. I've had those clients who who went through lives where they were in the Holocaust and then they went through other lives. I had
2: one too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where they, um, and they know why they chose to die in the Holocaust uh, or they know why they were the perpetrator of, um, you know, of the the bad deeds. Ah. And so when you see it on a more holistic view that it's almost, it it almost sounds callous to be like, well, now you're giving a, a free pass to anybody to do anything that they want. No, there is no free pass. They're going to learn no their lesson. Path. And yeah. we know through hypnosis that when you do negative deeds to people, oh, you'll get it back in your life review and you'll get it back the and, next yeah, time you reincarnate. And, that, and that's in some karma. Way, shape or form.
2: That's karma, but karma is not punishment. Nobody's punishing oh. you. It's the law of balance. Okay, you yeah. did this. You made somebody feel this. Okay, it's to turn you feel it, to feel it now. Actually, I have a case about that in my, in my book and I have the, the case of the little boy that was in a gas, gas chamber, yeah. uh, that died in a gas chamber in the Holocaust. I have those two cases in, in my book. Everything is learning. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Some, and sometimes I question myself, why is it that we have to suffer so much in the name of spiritual evolution? But I am who I am because of what I experienced as I was growing up. I am who I am because of what I went through with my father. And it's not that my father was a bad person. He was my best friend. He was my father. He, but when I became, when I was, was 23, 24, 23 years old, he left. I was already married, but he left home and he started his, his own life and I got disconnected from him. Right. That took me on a journey, you know. So, yeah. yeah, at that moment, I was feeling like a victim. At that moment, I was saying he's a bad person but now he's, he's gone. And I say to him, thank you, because of the things that, the role that you decided to play in my life, this is who I am now, and this is what I am doing, you see? Right. So.
1: Life lessons, learning lessons, they're not always easy, and they're not always easy to digest. And that's, right. the, that's the struggle that a lot of people really, really have issue with the concept of reincarnation. And right. when they go through and they see um, how their lives are developed and pre-planned and all that kind of stuff and how they um set I've, I've had sessions where i have the the father who molested beat and almost killed their their kid and up going to the other side um getting healed getting counseling um and going through that whole process in the spirit world and then deciding to be the um, guardian angel for that same person
0: Mm.
1: as a way to um, pay back and and try to make amends as uh, by being their guardian angel by watching them um, by protecting that um that person from getting into a car accident or from getting hurt in Mm. that um in that incident in the alley all these all these weird kind of incidents or synchronicities that this client yeah. had had faced like I think I have a guardian angel that was her father that she really really hated who was trying to and it's interesting how they make these make these agreements in the spirit world um, and maybe at some point when she passes on they may reincarnate at the same time and be part of the same group where mm-hmm. they you know fix things or something yeah. I don't know necessarily how that all works um, it is a case-by-case case basis, but these are, what, yeah. these are the common challenges to, um, right. to these questions, like why do bad things have to happen?
2: Yeah, everything happens for a reason, and everything is about learning. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend people, that see what is it that you all, what is the emotion that you always feel? What is it that happens to you constantly? That is exactly what you need to learn. That pattern is the one that you need to learn, you can complain, you can cry, you can close your eyes and, and, and pretend that it doesn't exist, that it's gonna go away. It's not gonna go away. you either either it on this one or you will carry this same lesson to the next one. I had clients, when they went to this, this sad event and as I was asking questions, I asked this, this question, right, in a trance, how many lifetimes have you spent trying to learn forgiveness? Seven. Can you imagine seven lifetimes to learn one lesson? So let's, let's take action. Embrace whatever the universe throws at you. The, so the answer is not to run away from it. It's to embrace it. Experience it. If it's painful, experience pain. If it's sadness, experience, um, experience that sadness because your spirit is going to learn from it. Once you learn that pattern is going to disappear, get ready because there's a new lesson coming. This yeah. is a school. Stay out yes. of the comfort zone. You either do it yourself or the universe will take care of it for you.
1: Yeah. Well, you learn your lesson. You came here for a lesson. You're you're definitely learning your lesson, and when you learn, you learn to create your world yeah. much more responsibly, much much better. I mean, at some point, we have to ask ourselves: it, are you done with the suffering? Are you ready for the good stuff?
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and in order to learn how to create the good stuff, you have to at least have some basics. So right. these life lessons are kind of helping you get the basics. You right. know, Antonio, um, I can go on and on, but <laughs> I, you know, I love this stuff, but. Thank you awesome. so much for, con- Thank you. Um, yeah, for contributing to the expanding hypnosis profession. Your book is really, really needed at this time to help Thank people you. worldwide address their phobias and superstitions about negativity and how it manifests in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for more information about Antonio Sangio's offerings, go ahead and go to his website. It's antonioant o n i o sangio s a n g i o dot com um the next course is coming up in in about a week or two and then there's many many more that's coming down the line and so we're really looking for some very very brave spiritual warriors and brave healers to take on this type of really really powerful work Um, and there's a whole I know in a lot of the hypnosis community, there's a whole network. We really work together and try to bring each mm-hmm. other up and help right. each other out. So um, it's, it's one collective, one collective, really. So right. um, with that, thank you to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. And until next time, Perfect. blessings. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, Yvonne. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras where we talk Buddhism in the 5th dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to merkabachakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension until we meet again. Blessings.